0: So we talked earlier a little bit about hypervigilance and shit. What, what do you think? So I guess this is a two pot thing. It's like, what do you think is a, is health? Is it healthy to have some level of hypervigilance? And also, is it healthy to have some level of anger and can they both benefit your life?
1: Yeah, I think, I, I definitely think that there should be some level of hypervigilance. I mean, you gotta be safe. Right. And, too many people are far too comfortable. And you see that as a cop, you see that, you know, as a criminal, like when I was a kid, I was breaking the law all the time. I was doing some crazy shit. I was in and out of the back of cop cars multiple times. And so you start thinking in a way like how to take advantage of people and when they're at their weakest and when they're not paying attention. And people don't realize that they're being watched like that. They're being evaluated. It's like, ah, they're not even looking over their shoulder at all the minute they get in their car and they're just focused on their phone and they're leaving their door open, you could fucking take whatever you want from them. So there's definitely a level to it. But I think, you know, especially in the police department, police officers, we normalize it so much to to pretend like it's saving their lives that we don't realize that they're we're causing a lot of trauma, you know. And so it's, it's too far for me now. The hypervigilance, I've taken it way too far. But you got you to gotta find, like anything, you got to find a balance, man. And you can't just keep taking it over and over and over to the top because you're going to fucking lose your mind. Yeah. And at some point you're nuts.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the same thing where it's like, you know, I'm just this, went from this ball of hypervigilant, fucking animal always just looking for prey and just being a nuts and like I dare you to fucking say something to me I dare you to and if you're bigger than me stronger than me you get a gun I'll get a fucking bazooka like whatever it is like I'm gonna fucking destroy something even if I just you know I'm gonna fucking cut your leg off I don't know something to like trying to figure out because in, in the beginning I felt like I have to get rid of all this like I have to just be this like comfortable and fucking yay and look at the butterflies and never get upset right and it's like that'll get me fucking killed too so I mean I really feel like every day I do my best to not look like a mock right like I make sure I work out I make sure I'm vigilant and and like doing things to make sure that my personal safety that no one's ever evaluating me like there's an easy target you know but I also try to instill that into you know my fiance and my friends and stuff and because sometimes like I remember the other day uh uh, I forget what the fuck I was doing and I just uh, oh this guy I'm leaving a parking lot and this guy's smoking a cigarette like he could have been on the sidewalk next to the car he's standing where the cars come and go and I pull up and I'm at his back and he turns around and goes like oh you know sorry and I'm like what fucking planet are you on that you didn't know a goddamn car was coming by that you were just that like, Oh my God. Wow. Nature's fucking cool. Yeah. Hey man, nowhere nature's cool on a fucking trail in the woods. Yeah. You know, that's where you do that kind of shit. Yeah. So,
1: well, uh, dude, yes. Uh, yesterday. So I get into Texas, I, I pull up to get something to eat and I back into the, the spot and this dude's walking up with, he's walking towards my car with this hand in his pocket and I look at him, I see motherfucker. Because he gives me that look like he's coming, he's going to try to talk to me. But he's got his hand in his pocket and he won't take his hand out of his pocket. So I'm thinking he's about to pull a gun and try to carjack me. So I was like, okay, cool. So I put it in drive and I was like, the minute I see that gun come out of his um, sweatshirt pocket, I'm punching it and I'm going to run him over. And so I put it in drive and then I'm like waiting and I'm waiting and he's walking and then he pulls out a phone. And then he's like, hey, trying to nod at me. And I looked at and I was like, nah. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, okay. And then walks away. But it's like people are fucking looking for you. And and then he goes that's a, as soon as he leaves from me, he goes to this female and it he's standing at her car for like thirty seconds before she even knows he's there. And then she rolls her window down to talk to this guy. I'm like, What kind of character you think you're about to converse with? Right. That is just gonna walk up to you in a fucking parking lot. He looks like he's up to fucking no good, you know? So, yeah, there's. There's definitely a balance, and most people are on the, f- the low side of that balance.
0: A thing about Texas that I've realized, too, is, like, in L.A., people will get in your fucking space with no problem, right? Where it's just like, hey, dude, back the fuck up because I don't know what's going on. And especially, like, I don't look that inviting that I'm just going <laughs> to go in someone's space, some old lady, like, hey, just wondering if you have the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get your attention first to, you know, with the doe eyes, show you that I'm not a threat, and like, hey, I'm just wondering, right? Because I don't want to make you feel like that. And what I've realized in Texas, especially, and someone and someone taught me this too, is that like, like, I, and I still do it. Like I ring the doorbell and I'm like looking in the thing, like to see if anyone's home, making sure you come to the door. I'm not trying to be creepy about it. I'm just trying to like, did, did the doorbell work? I don't know what's going on. And in Texas is a big ring the doorbell and step back so that you can be seen when someone looks out and see that there's not a threat and stuff like that. And it's the same thing with... With boundaries where it's like, excuse me, sir. And, you know, it's uh, boundaries kept. Whether that's because of the COVID shit or not, I don't really know. But I've definitely noticed out here where people, and I think in a place where there's open carry and stuff like that, people are very much more not like, hey, go fuck yourself, and, you know, I'm going to get out of the car. Like, well, okay, but, you know,
1: you everybody's packing, yeah. you know? so Which is, um, a, is a way, it's crazy that we think that people owning guns... Outright is going to cause chaos, crime, right? And it's like bullshit. It's the exact opposite. Like, do you want? You're about to go cuss this dude out and tell because you don't like the way he's driving. But in Texas, are you sure you want to do that? Because you're going to have you probably have a pistol pointed at you through the door, and you think you're going to get out of the car and go. So you don't do it. Yeah. So it's like, come on, man. It's it re- forces people to use their fucking brains and to think a little bit and to stop just acting out of emotion. So I, we I love that's why I, I can't wait to yeah live in. Yeah, Texas. you just started looking at houses yeah. on there
0: too, right? Mm-hmm. So you're in Jersey right now? Yeah. And what's the vibe over there right now? It's weird, dude.
1: Jersey's a weird place. Yeah. That like, I don't I don't know. I, it's not for me. Jersey's how, not How for did? Me.
0: Oh, you guys ended up there because the in laws. Yeah. So we're um, just, we're
1: just visiting. We'll be out of there soon, but it's um, it's not for me. It's a it's a it's. And I don't want to talk shit about people from Jersey, like if that's your state and you love it. Fuck Jersey, by all by all means, man, you could have it. But <laughs> it's like it's you know I, they, fuck man, they'll run you off the road. There's yeah, hi, there's hi. no sidewalks, so you're like constantly going into fucking somebody's lane to not hit somebody on the side of the road. It's the roads are fucking weird. And come out of nowhere. It's just, it's just a strange place. See,
0: my hate for like Jersey and New York and shit is just like a like a Big Brother kind of thing, you know? Because it's yeah. like a Boston thing. Yeah, because it's like we as Boston, we're not allowed to like any of those other fucking surrounding areas. But uh, Rhode Island sometimes gets a pass. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's that love hate thing where it's like I don't hate them like I want them to die. It's just like fuck you because my city's better than yours, yeah. you know? Um, uh, let's see. So we talked a little bit about uh and you talk about ugh, hmm. all right let's do these and then we're going to fucking jump into the book so uh we talked a little bit about getting pissed and why going to that level of extreme violence is always the go to and
1: how do we how do we not do that that's something that's something i work on now in my wife helps me with that a lot because she's she's always talking about and you you talked about it earlier with perspective, right? It's like changing your perspective and changing your beliefs on why people do what they do. I think the military I think the military like sets us up for failure in a way because it is so structured. And it's like before I cuss you out, I got to look at your chest. I got to see what rank you are cuz the last thing I want to do is go fly out the fucking handle on a sergeant major. And then I got to assess whether our our surroundings as to where it's like is this an environment where we're going to be about to fight, or do I got to like put you at parade rest? Are you going to put me at parade rest? So it's so structured in that we know how to treat each other based on our rank, and you're wearing how to treat me on your chest every day. You know, sorry for all the privates out there, but you see that private, you're like, hey, fucking parade rest, you motherfucker. Guys like me that just hid behind the sham shield, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, nah. But then you get out, and all of a sudden, you know, people are just disrespectful in 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 really blatant ways and so it's it's hard to it's hard to deal with but my wife helps me with it just by trying to change my perspective like hey that person cut you off maybe it wasn't because they fucking hate you and they disrespect you as a a human being and what you've done for the country and you know what you feel like you've given right because we all have that sense of we gave something Mm -hmm. and you know, some people take it way too fucking far and they think somebody owes them something. But for a lot of us, what we feel like we're owed is just a, a little bit of space. That's it. You know, that's that's to me what most vets deserve is just a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. Give me some fucking room to breathe um, and that's I'll be good with that. So my wife kind of helps me change my perspective. Like, okay, maybe that guy was in a hurry. Maybe something happened. And it starts to take my mind off of making it so personal all the time. And it's a struggle, you know, for sure. It's like you can't just change your thought processes. Yeah. But you could I'd start to identify when you're getting pissed and and start talking yourself off the that fucking ledge and try to use some more logic, you know.
0: I I talked to my buddy Sully about this the other day cuz you know, again, I had one of these situations and I got down on myself and was just like, you know, I'm I'm full of shit and like I'm just always going to be this fucking lunatic and shit and he's like, "Bro, you think about what you did, right? The things that you've done. And it's like you said, military is so structured and I know what's happening. And I know things. I have a layout, right? And then prison is the same thing. Seven years. I spent in that motherfucker where it's like, and it's the same thing where there's a rank, like, you know, who's about what and who isn't, you know? And then same thing with the CEOs, like, you know, ones that'll bust your fucking head open and you know, ones that, you know, maybe will leave a cigarette in the fucking hallway, you know? So, that's the thing and that's what happens is you get out and you go like you motherfucker you really want to fucking test me right now that's you want to cut me off you want to slam your brakes i'm following you home and i'm gonna fucking beat you to death but that was the thing was perspective for me was with two things of like or it's like this i'm like uh sean come by let's uh, you know be here at six and we'll take off and you're like yeah cool i get all fucking dolled up get all you know my nicest t-shirt on i get fucking the beard all lined up and 6'10, I'm texting, I'm like, where the fuck is this kid? 6'20 rolls around. I'm sweating right now because I'm like, I'm gonna fucking beat this motherfucker up. Like we're not even friends anymore. I already unfriended you on Facebook. Fuck this <laughs> kid. You piece of shit. You fucking blew me off. You probably fucking some broad and you didn't even call me, right? Turns out later that day, you call me and you're like, dude, I got into a fucking, you know, I'm at the hospital. Sorry, my chick, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. And there's a real story. And then what? I feel like the biggest hunk of shit on earth. I'm friending you on Facebook again. What a sorry message swearing you up and down all through my text, hoping none of them went through. <laughs> and now I'm in the wrong and I have to apologize. And all like, so now it's like when I text somebody and something's going on, instead of going to, it's all about me and fuck me and you, oh, you're going to do this and taking it personal. It's like, is he all right? Let me make sure he's all right. Let me, let me, you know, call somebody else that knows him and make sure he's cool and nothing's wrong, you know? And it's the same thing with when people cut me off and drive like assholes. Maybe the wife's pregnant Maybe his mom just got rushed to the fucking hospital and he's in a rush. Or maybe he's just a fucking asshole idiot. And again, that's not my problem.
1: Or it's not worth your time.
0: Yeah. And the thing in traffic is that, like, these people are in and out of my lives in seconds, maybe minutes. And I never have to see them ever again, you know? Maybe every day at nine o'clock at the same light or something, but nonetheless, it's not someone I have to live with. It's not something it's not affecting my life. Or when something gets me to that point of anger, it's like to quickly ask myself, is this gonna affect me in three months? Is this gonna affect me in a year? And chances are nine out of ten times it's not, you know? So if I just let it go, and it doesn't mean that I still don't get furious and I let it go and go like in my head, I'm like, you lucky motherfucker, today's your lucky day. I'm gonna let this go, you son of a bitch. And then 30 seconds later, I'm, like, fucking changing a song because I just let it the fuck go instead of my whole life had just been take it personal, taking it personal, taking it, it personal until it fucking finally, what, it overflows, and then you just happen to cut me off, and today's the day, motherfucker. You win. Boom, and I explode, right? And that's the dragon that we're going to fucking talk about. So um, before we get into the book, the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about is... Uh, Going on deployment, being in a combative role, whether it's infantry to ranger to special forces to marine recon to Navy SEAL, whatever those branches that are doing shit, right? Not to discredit anyone else that did anything, even if you were in transportation and you were with an infantry unit, whatever it is, but those kind of things. um, Why do you think, or do you think that guys with, because I get, okay, I guess the basic thing is how do some guys do 26 deployments? and come home and join the force and become a cop and everything seems to be cool. I'm really under the belief that nobody that's done deployment and shit like that is fine and has it all together. Some are just better at masking it. But how do some do 15 deployments or whatever it is and kind of figure it out? Some do one deployment, blow their fucking heads off, turn to drugs and alcohol. Like, Do you think that the ones with more childhood trauma are more susceptible to chaos and fucking up their lives and violence and all that stuff as opposed to the ones that had better childhoods. Like that's this thing that I, I really I and I'm sure there's a study on it somewhere, but I, I just want to know your opinion on why you think some of us you know, you and I had similar childhoods, right? And 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 tons of trauma and tons of fucking weird decisions that we shouldn't have had to made at the ages we did. And we both joined the military and you went and did what I saw One of my friends do... Uh, And go the fucking distance And do all the shit that we all talked about Wanting to do you know and I had to live With that I'm not good enough because I didn't I broke my foot and didn't go to fucking rip I I didn't go to airborne school I didn't do all the things that I said I was going to do And my other buddies went and then did Ranger and did selection and went to fucking The Green Berets and did all the fucking Cool G.I. Joe shit That I wanted to do and didn't do and I'm not Fucking good enough and how did he go and do All that yet I didn't and here I am and I'm a goddamn fucking disaster how does that work you know
1: that's that's a tough one man because part of me feels like we're better suited for the the chaos of combat and in war because of our childhood and in the trauma and stuff and then part of me is like that's a it's a double-edged sword and we're also super susceptible to the terrible aftermath that comes with it you know it's like i felt i felt at home with the chaos and the crazy shit happening in in Afghanistan. And it was just like, fuck, this is just another day. Like I've, I've experienced trauma. That's different in the point to where this feels like nothing. Like, Oh, you want to shoot at me? Like whatever, dude, at least you're not fucking tormenting me day in and day out. And there's nothing I could do about it. And you're fucking a manipulative, hateful person that wants to like ruin my life. You know, like that, is is trauma like that is or or for me that's my you know crutch or, or hardships that i have to deal with but at the same time i do think that we're we're more susceptible to the bad shit and i don't know man i think that just like you people just hide it and not on purpose they probably just haven't like faced it yet and i think a lot of dudes won't even try to face it until they get out of the police department, they get out of the military and do the 15 years. Because if you think about it, if you just keep pushing it in the closet and keep it there, and then you do a 15 year stint, well, that's 15 years that you're just grinding doing the same thing. So you don't have to look at it yet, but at some point you're going to have to stop being a police officer. You're going to have to stop being uh, in the military. And then now you're going to have to come to terms of 15, 25 years of shit hitting you all at once.
0: That's like you know how many guys I know that are afraid of getting out of the military or afraid of getting out of law enforcement because then what? Yeah, fuck, am I gonna do? Your right? whole
1: identity's wrapped up in it. Yeah. Everything like who you are is a badge or a fucking uniform, and that's and that's not saying that you shouldn't be proud of. Of course you should be proud. You know, unfortunately, law enforcement gets treated like shit right now. But hopefully that pendulum comes back, and all we could do is treat them respectfully and, and support them to try and get that pendulum to come back faster. But at the same time, it's hard not to get caught up in the badge or the uniform, because once you put it on, you represent that. And that becomes, so like once I took off the uniform, I just put on a badge. So it was like, okay, I don't represent this anymore, but I still represent this. And then once I stopped being a cop, like it was a weird thing. People would ask me like, what do you do? I'm like, oh fuck man, I don't even know what to call it. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like a, a YouTuber, I right. guess. <laughs> like that sounds lame as fuck. Right. No offense to YouTubers. I'm not trying to talk shit, but like that's it's weird to say that because I've always said like oh, was, oh I'm in the military or oh I'm a police officer and it's like okay, and then in these social environments it's instantly acceptable, right? Like you could just say oh I'm an IT guy, you know. And but once you get out of that and you finally hang that that up, it's it's tough to deal with.
0: But. I think it's too uh, this thing of like this level of like. Like I said, I didn't do enough, right? Like, I went to Bosnia when guys—I left. Uh, I deployed eight days after nine eleven, and the first wave of Afghanistan was just coming back. So I'm in Arizona and I'm at Boz, and I'm like, "Yeah, I just got back from Bosnia." And people are like, "Where's that? And uh, 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 is that in, in Asia?" And I'm like, "No." Um, and then these guys are coming back from Afghanistan and shit, and all the chicks, and we're like, "Oh my god, blah, blah blah." So, dude, I started going. I just got home from Afghanistan because I was sick of not being recognize like it wasn't good enough what i did yeah. you know and i think like i i had such regret when i got out of the military because uh i didn't do enough and i could have done more you know and like i had purpose and i had meaning and i was good at what i fucking did now what you know what i mean i'm good with a fucking machine gun i'll lug that motherfucker around everywhere i'm good at listening and following orders and doing my stuff and and i'm ready and i'm, I'm i know what to do but now what? Uh, so again, like I feel like a lot of us are like, well, I'll take the fucking police exam. Yeah. And I was just talking to my buddy Matt about this and the the reason why it's I'm glad that I didn't do it, my intentions were not in the right place. I never was like I want to be law enforcement so that I can protect and serve and make sure the community's safe. I wanted to be a cop so I could get away with shit. I wanted <laughs> to be able to fucking speed. I wanted to be able to fucking pull you over and do whatever the fuck I cuz again, to me it was that like you know that bullied kid that or like that, you know, I didn't have that control or power and this seemed like the fucking best route to go about doing that.
1: You know what I mean? And the crazy thing is because a lot of people think that, you know, oh you you just act like this because you got a badge on. It's like it's the fucking opposite. Once you put that badge on, you could get away with less and less and less until the point where it's like I especially now. I fucking hated it. I hated it because I can't even I can't even do anything as a normal person. Like I take the uniform off, I'm driving to work and somebody cuts me off and I want to flip them off. I'm like, all they have to do is find out I'm a cop and call my fucking work. Any person ever, no matter what my fucking neighbor, uh, I've had, I had buddies in the apartment where they got into tiffs with their neighbors and the neighbors would call their departments and get them in trouble. So I'm like, fuck me, dude. Like at any point in my life, I can get in trouble at work for anything. If you don't like my attitude, you can call my boss and I can get in trouble. So I started to feel like really confined and like the kind of the walls were fucking coming in on me. You know, people think that you you get a, you're the cops, right? You're the police.
0: People think it's the shield. Yeah. You know? Like where you just you yeah. get fucking just you and you know it's like a team. You guys are just undercover and you go around and steal drugs and sell them and shoot people and just fucking do whatever you want. Brush some dirt over it.
1: Yeah, just know? fucking brush it under the rug and you'll you'll be I, fine. Cover it that's
0: up. Cr- it's crazy because I didn't even think about that. Where it's like you know literally you're under the microscope and then All never the time. mind when you're on with body cameras and everything else All and cell time. phones. I mean it's like you know I watch some of these things. And just go like, man, a lot of times, like, just let this motherfucker do his job, dude. You know what I mean? it's like, cool, cool. I, I sometimes shit's out of line and it should be recorded, sure. You know, but you can stay back and do that because then me personally, I'm not going out and recording shit. I'm not catching a stray bullet. I don't know what's going on and I'm not nosy enough to be like, "Ah, excuse me, guys. When that shooting happened in my apartment, I opened my blinds to see what the fuck was going on. And when there's two officers out there with AR-15s with lights and shit and they're like, sir, step away from the window. I'm like, I'm not like, huh? Well, Why? You got it, dude. Cool. I'm <laughs> yeah. stepping away from the fucking window because you would not be here with those rifles if something was not going down. And the fact that it's not aimed towards my window is a fucking good day. So, yes, I bid you ad- adieu, sir. Yeah. And I will step away from the window. Right? And I'm not like, let me crack it a little bit and get my phone out so I can, you know, record it. Like, it's not the right time and place. If it happened across the street and I'm out front, yeah, sure. I'll yeah, throw it on the gram. Why not?
1: People I'm, people don't realize, like, how frustrating it is as a guy. Like, there'll be times when we had a barricaded suspect who's like saying he's going to fucking shoot everybody. And you got whole families like opening up. We're pointing guns at their fucking at a room in their apartment complex. We told them to fucking leave or whatever, or stay down. Um, And they're like, they got all the blinds open and their whole family stand there just watching us. Like it's a fucking TV. And I'm like, this is this is what cops are now like we're just a fucking spectacle but
0: to me what that says about people too is that like real enough shit like that hasn't happened or affected your life personally for you to know that this is a
1: situation yeah no yeah it's like what if that dude starts popping off and instead of staying where we fucking told you or getting out now you're when your kids catches around because you thought it was all fun and games and you're fucking Karen that wants to be like, what are you guys doing? And you wouldn't believe, as soon as you said, what are you guys doing? Why? It's, every, it's like so many people, Why? Well, you know what happens
0: Why? when the straight bullet happens? It's your fault. You guys are the police. Why do not you stop them? You know? Yeah.
1: It's fucking, dealing with the community is so much harder than people think, man. Because we're, we, you know, all the people that get on there want to talk about it. Like, you're a normal person.
0: How long did you do on the force with them? I oh, was
1: like three years. That was it. Okay. I was, I got onto a special team. It was like a small team, a CY impact team. And it was, it, we were having a good time. Like, you know, um, we got to do what we wanted to do. Finally, I got on a team, and instead of answering calls, it was like wherever the crime was popping the most, it was like, hey, go try to suppress it as much as you can. You know, if it's shootings, try to find illegal guns. If it's drug use, try to find the dope. Um, and then George Floyd happened, and I was like, I- I'm not doing this. Like, we were having people follow us around, try to instigate things. So they could record it. And I was like, you guys are trying to, like, this is my life. you This is my livelihood. My family's on the line. And you're going to try and follow me around all day. Like, I had one car followed us to, like, five stops all day long. They're following us around and then, like, yelling and, and trying to instigate stuff. And if you keep playing that game, like, no, who's got our back? The department isn't going to support us if if they catch something uh, that looks bad, or they don't like, or or they instigate you into saying something stupid because you get pissed, and they catch it. The department's not gonna be like, "Well, you followed him around all day and kept instigating them. They're gonna be like, "Wow, he shouldn't have said that." Let's yeah. put charges on him. So I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not risking my family to be attacked by the citizens that I'm trying to fucking help." So no.
0: So do you find it hard now? Because, or do you do you feel like you're ever seeking out like that? chaos or that you miss it i mean after being a team guy and being an officer and doing all this stuff to now just being a fucking you know being an author and a and a, and a family man and you already have one kid yeah yeah all right so and being a dad and, and a husband and you know all this stuff and a and a youtube a self-proclaimed youtuber and a <laughs> podcast <laughs> and all this shit you know i mean but it's a it's a bit dude believe me i've done not even half that shit and for me to be in this community, having you in my home in a studio that I built with neighbors and kids where I wave to people when I drive by, it's still sometimes, again, it's that thing of like, I don't fucking belong here, man. Like, I, I'm not, this isn't me. But then it's like, it is. Why isn't it? You right. know what I'm saying? Why don't I belong here? Why can't I do this? And I, it's that thing. It's that dragon. It's that thing that's telling me, motherfucker, go put fucking war paint on and fucking get in it, you know? And it's like, I don't have to do that.
1: You yeah. Know? Honestly, this has been the the best feeling I've had, is just being a, whatever I am now, you know, author, YouTuber, whatever. It feels good. And just spending time with my family and creating my own circle, so where I get to pick the people I talk to and the people I hang out with, um, and when I could not go to the places that caused me the most stress, you know? So honestly... Is the best thing I've I've ever done. And do I have imposter syndrome all the time, all the time? Um, like when I did Andy Stumps, podcast, I got I went back to the hotel and fucking put my head in my hands. And was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, like what am I doing here? I'm sitting in seats that you know Jocko sat in, and all these fucking, um, elite guys that they got their shit together, and here I am, this like, I'm I'm the one coming out. I'm the like the troublemaker or the the fucking the, the class clown screw up coming out and be like, Hey, I'm on the team. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you got these guys, Mike Glover and, and Jocko Willink and, um, they're, they got their shit together, right? Like it is fucking wrapped up tight. That shit is solid. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to fuck up. You're not going to see Jocko fucking cuss somebody out road rage He's not going to put anything in jeopardy. He's a he's a, a linear fucking, at least from my perspective, you know, and that's why I try to like think about him when I make decisions because he's just a fucking linear path of success is fucking that way and I'm going that way. Nothing is going to deter me. And you can come up and you could get damn near to spitting in my face before I would even look in your direction, right? But I'm not that kind of guy. And, and um, I'm going out to see Mike in two weeks and it's like, the fact that I'm in the circle with those guys, it's the same thing. It's this imposter syndrome. Because I'm like, well, is there a spot for a guy like me in this kind of group? Like, do you guys, does the world need a fucking a broken version of you guys that's all fucked up and yeah. do things wrong, you know? And that, But that's, that's where I'm at, and that's who I am.
0: But I think you got to remember, too, is like these guys had to start somewhere, too, you know? And, I, like, I just saw Sean Whalen put a thing up today about, like, you know, started out with – his mom being his only employee, and spending a hundred bucks for this, and, and getting a heat press, and going to Staples to get mailers and shit, and like in one year, this last year, he just cleared four million in sales. You know, talking about having to spend a $1, thousand a hundred dollars on on ads every week, and that that equaled three grand a month. And you go like, well, fuck, that's crazy. You know what I mean? It's like. And I, I try to, you know, I watch these guys, and I watch how some of these guys move. And some of them, I'm like, this guy's a fucking jerk off. And some of them, I'm like, I appreciate the authenticity. I appreciate the, the hustle and the fucking drive. And like you said, motherfucking success is that way, you know. And everyone that thinks like, you know, I do a podcast, you do a podcast, and you make all this money and shit, dude. Rogan's making money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. This has cost me more than anything, but like I told you, the friendships I've made, the connections, the networking, the opportunity. Dude, the fact that anybody's wearing something that has my goddamn logo that I designed on it and supports what Tommy and I do and supports the fucking, I mean, that's cool as shit. You know, when we first put a video up, I was like, dude, if five people watch this, that's fucking cool. Never mind to see over a thousand watch. That's like, holy shit, maybe we have something, you know? Yeah. And it's more worth... I didn't do this because I was thought I was going to get rich. You know what I mean? Nah. I did it because it was like...
1: Well, it's, it helps us, too. Like, you know, yeah. we get to talk about it and meet people and, and get these things off our chest. And to see, like you said, you get the messages from people who are like, dude, thank you. And it's like, that's amazing. And when, you know, hearing Tommy, when he was talking about his stuff, it's like, man, this guy, by all intents and purposes, I like how many people love that dude's songs, right? And then here he is having struggles and talking about struggles Mm -hmm. and then your struggles. And then, you know, my struggle, I don't know, to me, that's more powerful and whether we like it or not, that's the class we're in. You know, it may, it may be the, the, uh, in school suspension, Part of the 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 school, all the fucking cool kids were. (laughs) That's right, but you know what? That's where we're at, and and people are fucking liking it, you know. And I think it's it's helping people that have fucked up realize that, hey man, you could always come back. No, like I don't know where you've gone, and but you got to stop beating yourself up, and you got to look, start getting some mentors or some guidance from people who have been through some stupid shit, you know? So you know that it's not too late. Stop fucking telling yourself that you're a shit bag person that can't do anything. You know, like how, how could anybody say, look at you and be like, well, I've done drugs or I've, I've been a criminal now, you know, you're, you're giving too many people an example that they don't have to fucking submit to that life.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, when, when I met Tommy and I could see right away that I was like, here's a dude that for all intents and purposes has it made. I mean, oh, yeah. he doesn't, everything's fine. And when I heard him talk honestly about this stuff and like when, you know, they really started getting big and he was torn a bunch and shit like that where we weren't even really friends yet and I just kind of knew him. And then to the point of like us talking and saying, you know, hey, do you want to do the do the podcast and shit? And I'm like, this motherfucker could have asked 20,000 people to do a podcast with him. Why, why the fuck did he ask me? But instead of going like, oh, well, I can't do it. It's Tommy and shit. I'm like, hell yeah, this motherfucker asked me. Let's rock it out, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I it was like we were talking about earlier. It goes to show that... <sighs> Depression, all that shit, none of that shit discriminates. Doesn't give a fuck how much money you make. Doesn't care if you're poor or rich. Or I mean, you know, people think, you know, you look at Tommy and go, like, oh, he's a rock star he's got it all made. And I think that that's why he's so loved and so appreciated because he keeps it real and he talks about shit. And, you know, when he's not talking about how fucking, you know, there's a conspiracy and that something's <laughs> going to blow up and that we're all going to die. And I'm grateful that he does that shit too because I wouldn't fucking know about it if he didn't. But it's the fact that he shows that, Someone like that can still be vulnerable and still talk about real shit. So like when that whole thing went down and you had messaged me and been like, hey, I'm worried about Tommy and blah, 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 And like I immediately reached out to people and this and that. And when he when, when I sent him a text, the biggest fear in my heart was I'm not going to get a response. And then I, I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to know what that means, you know. And when he responded like I'm okay and blah, blah, blah I'm just going to take some time for myself. That's it. I'm not going to keep going and go, well, what's wrong? And, you know, talk to me. No. The fact that I, I, that was enough that I knew, cool. You're somewhere you're going to get it level and everything. And, and, you know, we just talked the other day and it's, it's, it was like talking to my friend again. You know what I mean? Like a new f- flame under his ass and ready to rock. And we talked about what we're going to do moving forward and all this shit. And, and I was super hyped on it. So,
1: well, that, that conversation and I message, I message you, but like I said, I was having some whiskey and, and watching that and, It helped me. It helped me to see somebody who's, because like, what if this keeps going, right? Like what if, uh, you know, book number two is written by an actual author and, and, you know, and does really well or um, the podcast thing keeps working out or the momentum that's going right now continues and people start to come after me because I feel like he was being open about Like, man, when you get a, a certain level of notoriety and everything's relative right i mean i don't want to you know there's rock stars but we still have even in the podcast community or YouTube community there's still levels of notoriety and, and to get a target on your back and to hear him be open about how people are gonna come after you and and try to take advantage and and get their hands in your pockets it, it gave me some encouragement because i'm having that with my own family now you know they're trying to come after me and it's like Fuck, man. So, but who do I talk to? I reach out to a couple of people that have some notoriety, and and I'm not saying I do by any means, but my family thinks that if you make if you write a book that you're fucking rich, and mm-hmm. you're getting paid a million dollars to write a book. So I reached out to a couple of people that I know that had some notoriety, and I was like, is this anything like this ever happened to you? And they're like, no, nah, man, I got a good family.
0: Well, never mind the people that are like, dude, why didn't you put me in the book? <laughs> right? You know how many of my friends are like, oh, dude, have me on the podcast. I'm like, Okay, check this out dude, right? This ain't a fucking club for it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I will, but but why? I mean, right. to me it's like what's relatable or what makes you uh what's what's your fucking what makes you interesting like? You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm the most interesting motherfucker, but I, I just it's it's not that kind of potty where it's just like, oh, well, since you have a podcast, let me just get people think like you just sit here and talk like, right. dude, I had to do goddamn research. <laughs> I have to write these fucking things out so that we don't sit here and go.
1: <laughs> cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. this is pretty cool. Well, you know? and that's in the crazy thing is for for me, too, is I have to and this is something I'm always working on, right, is I have to start and I'm um, I have a mentor that's been helping me through it and I have to develop the purpose and it has to keep evolving because at the end of the day, this is what Steve always says, the people helping people like that's the model, right? So why are you fucking doing this? I'm not doing this. So people know who Sean Rogers is because like, who gives a fuck I'm doing this to try and help people. The people that are fucking messaging my inbox and, and, and hit me up, they care and this is affecting them. But how, so how do I keep that going and keep the message evolving to help more people and to be more impactful, right? So every time I jump on a podcast, because I I had somebody tell me recently that I've done too much. There, he was like, because we were scheduled to do a podcast, and he's like, dude, you've done too much. Why are Why have you done so many? You've done like ten podcasts in the past like month. Uh, he's like, that's too many. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like every time I get on here, it's an, a chance to reach one more person that is different in that audience that I could help, and then work on the message so i could keep getting better to help more people because like you said this isn't just about fucking talking like if i wanted to do that i could just turn on my camera and talk on fucking youtube endlessly mm-hmm. so why fly around the fucking country to talk to people you, we're trying to help people this it has a purpose it's all everything that we're doing is for a reason and
0: you know, I've had more people reach out to me to be and been like, uh, I saw you on Big Herc, um, shout out to Herc, and I saw you on Big Big Herc's Fresh Out series, and then I that's what led me to Deviant Gentlemen, whatever, blah, blah blah. But when I get a kid or a guy that's from Boston or from anywhere, really, I've had real
1: quick. Cut, can I, I'm sorry, can I cut you off? Have you seen those fucking Boston Lager commercials? <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes from Boston. <laughs> Come what, on, For man. beer? For beer. Nah, because I
0: don't really have regular TV, so oh, I never see commercials.
1: Dude, you're killing me, bro. They made a... You have to look at it. I didn't mean to cut you off, nah, but, all but we have to watch it. We're just it.
0: getting fucking serious and emotional with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, no, That was important. I'm
1: that was a bad no, thing.
0: I mean, the one I remember is from like last Super Bowl with John Krasinski and them, and they're like, it's got smart park." That one that they did for the car, that one was pretty funny.
1: Dude, they made a, they made a um, IPA that was non-alcoholic. And he, he was like, when your cousin come over from Boston, and he was like, there's no alcohol in it. What the, <laughs> dude, you got why Anyway. All right, I'll All look right. it up.
0: But yeah, so nonetheless, when I get somebody that reaches out to me, that's like, dude, whether you know it or not, you've helped me so much and blah, blah, blah. And listening to you and listening to you and Tommy, or you when know, we had the hard to kill guys on. And, um, you know, I think it's just, no matter what, it's relatable, right? It's more relatable than just, everything's great, and I get all this money, and look at me, and all this stuff's great. It's like, you know what? A lot of shit's great, and a lot of shit's not great, and a lot of shit wasn't great for a long time, and here's what I did to kind of get out of that place, you know? Like, I've had so many people tell me you should write a book, and it's like something that I've just put off, and I want to because of that. Not because I want to be on fucking Oprah and talk about my book. It's because... I want someone to read it. I want someone to watch this and go, holy fuck, I'm not the only one that feels like that. Yeah. You know, I just had a kid reach out to me from back home. His friend reached out to me and said, my friend's really struggling with drinking. Uh, You know, is there anything you can do? And I mean, I can do what I can. So I, I reach out to somebody back home in Boston. Like, you know, my two connections right now is Boston and Los Angeles. So if that's who you are and you're struggling... I can reach out to some people and, and get you on the phone and see what we can do about getting you into treatment or whatever it is you need to do. You know what I mean? I'm always more than willing to, to do that, but unfortunately, it, it comes with that person doing a lot of the footwork. You know, I can lead you to water, I can't make you drink it though. You know,
1: right? But that it's for a reason, There's, and that's I guess that's kind of what we're what I was getting to with your friends just wanting to come on and talk and stuff because I've, right. I've had similar people ask me like. Oh, we should do a podcast on this. We should do a podcast on that. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, are we are we giving back or are we just right. talking for the sake of right. talking? Because I'm not an well, I'm not person. cool
0: enough. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's not that you're not cool enough, but I mean, yeah,
1: you're not cool enough. Not, you know. Sorry. Um.
0: All right. So the book. Uh. So <laughs> you
1: could edit edit out that book. Boston part, the commercial. Yeah, fuck it. We'll it. I don't, I'm not a big <laughs> editor. I
0: like the fucking real shit. You know, the fact the door's been open this whole fucking time, but whatever. And I pray that it looks like that's still recording. Let's, you know, fingers crossed. Um, So, uh, so, okay, so Rise Above uh, is the, is it an autobiography or it's a biography? Autobiography is when someone writes it about you, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. Either way, it's a fucking book that he wrote. Yeah. About his life his experience and it's not just this you know about my time in the military it's a good grip of this is my life this is how it started this is when i got to the military this was my experience in the military and this is my experience now i'll be honest with you i got about 50 pages left so there's that but from what i have read already um and i'm not really want to get into too much to be like all right let's talk about the whole fucking book so that no one ever reads it but for me, there were certain things that stuck, stuck out that you wrote that were, I, I, I've been reading them and just looking at them and going, fucking hell, man. And I think the biggest thing throughout the book is the dragon, right? Taming this dragon. I know all about that, man. That dragon I watched grow from fucking, that thing grew up with me from fucking six to now I'm 40, you know? And, you know, you, you talk about this... uh this dragon inside us, right. That, that goes from fucking mowing down everything and everything, relationships, jobs, opportunities, fucking let me, you know, as soon as something good comes in, fuck, let me get my dragon and burn this shit to the ground yeah. to learning how to not kill it, not get rid of it. Cause it's not fucking going anywhere. Yeah. So how do I tame it? And then now, Burn this path to fucking success and burn anything that's going to be in my way towards achieving happiness, success, and all this stuff.
1: Right. And I think it's cool that you kind of held on to that part of it. And I think that's because our paths are very similar. Because for a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know how the, the dragon reference um, comes off to, to most people. Right. Normal humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it's like, um, you know, every, you know the experience. And it's almost hard to articulate to you because I know that you know it so well. But f- because people are listening, it's like everything that you touch, you fucking destroy, you know. And, and it's just a matter of time. It's like you don't even get attached to anything because you know you're just going to fuck it up. And then at some point in my life, I started to realize, like, my my whole thing was always running away from it. And my brother's is, is more like he wanted to kill it. Like I'm going to fucking own this thing. I'm going to kill it. And then it's going to be gone. And then it wouldn't work. And then he would just beat himself up and, and feel like he took a step backwards. Mine was to run away from it. So I was like, I'm going to outperform this motherfucker and I'm going to do all the things that bring me as far away from my childhood and as far away from that dragon as possible to prove that like I'm away from it. I've grown past it, you know, and that's why I say like running the ultra marathons and, all those things that I was doing was because from my perspective, that's what normal people like did. And that's what, you know, they put it on a pedestal. So I was like, I'm going to do all the fucking things approve that that's not me education. So we got bachelor. I got master's degree, you know, all these like check off the block, fucking impressive things to normal people. And then every time I felt like I achieved something and I had escaped it, my anger would come up or my fucking personality would come up And I would realize that I'm no farther away from it than the fucking day I started. And it it would break me, you know, because it's like, fuck, dude. I hate, I hate feeling like I am this fucking white trash kid from feeling that grew up in a trailer and on welfare. And, you know, no amount of achievement is going to change that. And it, (sighs) Well, it's, it's it's
0: filling this void, right? I got this empty fucking hole, and the more shit I do, eventually it's going to fill it. And yeah. what happens, it just keeps falling in this hole, and nothing's filling it. Right. What the fuck? Like, for me, the turn turning blue ceremony when I graduated infantry school was the proudest moment of my entire fucking life, probably still to this day, the exception of getting sober. But when my old man was there to fucking put my blue cord on, like, you know, I, I get emotional thinking about it because to me it's that another thing we're going to get to in here where it's like I finally fucking made you proud I finally did something that you can tell people I'm proud of my son because he fucking graduated infantry school and he got through it and I got to you know put his blue cord on and shit and, dude, I was convinced that, like, you know, the military had changed me. I cleaned up my act, and, you know, and now I got my blue cord, and everything's cool, and, like, that wasn't the fucking case because right. I got this great achievement. But, like you said, dude, I was this close to making it, to even making it through boot camp. The amount of times, and like you say in the book, where you think, like, you go there and it's just you're allowed to fight and do whatever the fuck you want. And no, because I'm getting in fights. I'm doing all this shit. I'm with the drill sergeant. I'm with the first sergeant, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, here's the deal, dude. You have one chance to get, if you fucking put your hands on one more person here, that's it. You're fucking gone. And I remember that last conversation where they took me to the first sergeant's office and that was it. And I was like, I got to cut the shit, you know, because I still, and it's like you said, I mean, for some reason they saw something in me. They knew that I had the potential if I could just fucking, my drill sergeant, drill sergeant Powell used to tell me, you'd be a fucking great soldier, but this anger, dude, you have to get a fucking grip on this anger. Yeah. You know, and I remember thinking, like, fuck you, motherfucker. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'll never forget my drill sergeant. He was very similar. You know, I got in a fight, and he came out, and I was expecting him to take me to the first sergeant's office. I was like, I'm fucked. And he goes, did you spit on those guys' mats? (laughs) And I was like, or he goes, no. So I spit on their mats, and then we ended up fighting. And then he was like, what happened? I was like, I spit on their fucking mats. I was like, you being a dick. And he was like, dude. I don't think he was more. I think he was more taken back by the fact that I told him (laughs) that I owned up to spitting on the mats than the than walking out and seeing you know three people just going after it and and getting into it. And it's but he he gave me a chance instead of walking me down the first sergeant's office. He looked at me and was like, "Dude, you gotta you gotta get your shit right, man." What the fuck? He goes, "Get in class," and uh, like I sat in class like just thinking, just kind of like, what just happened. No one's really done that for me before, you know. It's like no one really looked at me like you're a fucking idiot. But I know, you know, that potential's there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one go. And then from there, I I kind of felt like I didn't want to let him down by continuing down that path to the point where he had to take me to the first sergeant, you know. And I had to start getting processed out. But yeah, so the military definitely does not let you do whatever yeah. the fuck you want.
0: I mean, I real quick story. So the last time that I got my last warning and everything. So I had fractured my foot and I'm I got crutches and uh we're coming up to the end like FTX is coming up and shit and like I, I got to figure it out cuz I ain't wearing the fucking Ranger Reeboks. and like I got to put my boots on and go do this fucking 25 out, you know, 21 out, 20 out, 25 back whatever it was. And uh but the week before that I'm like trying to heal. So I'm on crutches and the whole platoon's getting smoked and I'm up at the front and I don't really have to do shit, right? And uh which I could have, but it was like, oh, thank God, I got a free pass out of this one. And a kid that, like, dude, him and I became friends in reception. You know, So we're friends in reception. We go down range together. I mean, this kid was my boy. And uh, for whatever reason, he stands up and, like, again, he's probably just fooling around or whatever, you know. And he's like, uh, Drill Sergeant Powell, uh, Vitkovich was up here earlier laying down on his rack while we were all doing this, and I wasn't. And I'm just going, like, why the fuck would this kid lie and do this right now? And without even a thought, dude, I take the crutch and bash him in the face with it. His fucking lip splits wide open, (laughs) blood everywhere. Here's this kid that's like been my boy since day one, and without hesitation, I just cracked him in the face with a crutch. The drill sergeant's sitting there, mouth agape, like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's when they pulled me in the office, and I went in with this first sergeant. And, And you know the worst part of that whole thing? Was that I, I lost my friend because of that. Like he didn't speak to me after that and nothing. Like he was so
1: You never found out if he's kidding? Because it kind of sounds like he deserved a little fucking whop in the yeah, face. I mean, I think that I found
0: him on Facebook and friend requested a message and, and never heard anything back. And one of my buddies who I still keep in touch with, who just called me last night and, and he was, we were talking about that. And he, you know, still goes like, I can't, what the fuck were you thinking, dude? When you just blast <laughs> I'm like, I, that's the thing was for the longest time, there was no thought process. It was just, I think it, I do it. Yeah. And that's it, you know? And I think that's what was so relatable to me in your book is, how many times it was, oh, this is what's going down? Well, let's fucking roll, you know? Enough talking. Let's fucking get to it, you know?
1: And that's, dude, There's that's what either book number two is going to be about or or um, try to get a short film going or something because I really want to show the what me and my brother's life really was like as far as like. Cause I just, I skimmed, you know, It's a short book. I just wanted to get, yeah. get it out there. But man, there's
0: some stories in there that are like fucking holy shit, dude. You know, yeah. and I, I won't get into too many, but every single one of them, you just go like fucking hell. And for me, I, you know, I'm not a big, like, uh, I don't know that I'm super imaginative, but when you can give it to me to read and it's in my head, how I see it, you know what I mean? It's like the way I would draw the car crashed into the fucking mound and all this shit is like, would not be the same as how it really happened. But I can fucking paint that in my head because I know how realistic that is. The feeling of dealing with the older brother's friends or the new kids and like guns and like, what the fuck is happening right now? And like, yeah. like I said, in, in a lot of these episodes is, you know, uh, like a duck on water, dude, the, on for all outward appearances, I'm sitting there calm, cool, and collective. But inside, the fucking legs are going like this. The whole duck legs are going a on, hundred miles an hour, and I'm like, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" You know. Um. But yeah, so the the dragon uh, was was great, but uh, and then you know, broken boys want to break things. Fucking a, fucking a. There ain't a truer statement, right? <laughs> It's true, man. Want to break
1: things? That i, I that it's just. Man. I mean, it's
0: as simple as when I was a kid throwing a rock through a window. See, even right now, still seems kind of fucking cool. Yeah. Psh, <laughs> yeah. We would go to abandoned places that all still had glass out. in them, and you just fucking all humming rocks, smoking butts, doing whatever you're doing, psh, just to hear the fucking shattering of windows.
1: You yeah, know? yeah, and and it felt like when you were the one we're so used to being in like this pain and always like some kind of fucking trauma torment. But when you are the one enacting the pain, you get a reprieve from it. And so that becomes like normal thing to do. Like you're either trying to kick someone's ass, you're getting your ass kicked or you're breaking something, or you're trying to figure out what kind of law you could break or whose house you could vandalize. It's always something dude. I would hang, I had a bush It was like one of my mom's, uh, boyfriend's house. There's a bush out front and I would tie a fucking uh, the fishing line across and I would, ha- I had that perfect little bush. So I could hide inside of it and I would fucking hang stuff on the line and watch it just break people's windshields. And uh, I would fucking throw things at their cars. I remember one dude, uh, I threw something at his truck and he had a quad in the back and this motherfucker wasn't playing. <laughs> he, he stopped the truck and backed the quad off the truck and started chasing me through the fucking desert. And Cause I would run the rabbit trails. Like I was really good at because you in the desert, dude, you got those like like little foot tall cactuses yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere. So if you didn't if you weren't careful, you're kicking one of them bitches. Yeah. So I would run the rabbit trails and I'd be quick and people wouldn't want to chase me into the desert. This motherfucker pulled that quad off. <laughs> and I'm laying in the desert all low. It was at night and uh, I could see him with this flashlight. And then his buddy is pulling the quad off. I'm like, oh fuck. Cause I was just want to wait for him to drive off. And then he started coming looking for me. I was like, this is it. These motherfuckers, they might kill me. Yeah, And they might have. And they know shit. It was me and my buddy were there and we split up. And uh, he, my buddy went the right way because they didn't go towards him. And I'm running for my fucking life from this guy in a quad because I just lit his truck up with uh And you would rocks. think
0: that, like, oh, shit, but that's, that was the goal, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, when I threw shit at cars and they just took off, it was like, all oh, right, that was cool. Yeah. When you threw something at a car, whether it was an acorn, a crab apple, and same thing. We used to have these little bike paths and shit, and boom, 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 fucking six things hit one car. And how much damage and shit were doing on people, like, what a piece of shit, right? It, with No regard for right. anyone else's well-being or whatever. And when it was, like, a dude, and he would pull over, stop, and get out of his car and chase us, it was like, fucking heavy metal now it's on (laughs) until guess what you're riding your bike and boom someone hits a rock ass over tea kettle and you're like do we stay do we get him i get the fuck out of here and he gets caught and you know there was a few times i'll never forget one time these kids caught my friend from another town and he had a marijuana leaf ring and he punched my friend in the face so hard that the kid had the fucking imprint of a marijuana leaf on his face for like fucking three days um but, yeah, dude, I, I, it's like all that shit, again, was just like I just want to feel something. Yeah, know? I just want to feel. Cause it, and it, I had no – I didn't care if if you were feeling it or what I was doing to you or if I'm damaging your property. It was just like give me that adrenaline. Give me something because that was my high at the time yeah. prior to drugs. Yeah, you know? it's
1: the only thing that's taken away from the stress of home and the anxiety yeah. of home. And when you grow up in those situations, that lasting – Anxiety always in your stomach and the, the knots and the feeling of wanting to throw up. Makes living at home easier. Dude, I fucking hate it all right. the time. So you, you're trying to, yeah, you're trying any, even if it's for a brief moment of that guy chasing you, you didn't feel that, you know.
0: For me, my friends were my life. That was it. That's all I cared about. Like that, that I never wanted to leave. I never wanted to go home because then when I went home, it was like, I don't know. I don't know if I behaved today or not. I don't know. I don't know what kind of move my old man's in today, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and that sucks because you always get kicked out of the friend's house. Yeah. yeah you you like, find that one. Right, where the, it's time to go. And yeah. Like, Fuck. Damn it, right. please. You find the one that the parents are cool <laughs> and they'll let you stay a couple days longer, but you always get kicked out.
0: Um, all right, two more things. <clears throat> so the other thing uh, was we all have our own version of a poor, embarrassed kid inside of us. Mm. You know, for me, I grew up in a middle to upper class neighborhood outside of Boston, and I never felt uh, good enough. I didn't want people to come over my house because it was fucking gross. I didn't want, you know, my old man was the kind of, he would call, again, What it depends on what kind of mood he's in, my friends would call the house, hi, is Shane there? It was either, uh, let me see, all on, he'll call you back, or it was, no, or no, don't call here again and hang up. And I'm like that's so fucking embarrassing. Like, don't do that to my friends. You know what I mean? And, uh, um, yeah, dude, it, it, you know, I, I remember when kids come in with all this new shit and I was lucky if I went to Marshall's and, you know, probably had some of the same shit from last year. Oh, my dad worked for the railroad and it was like guys, sons that were older than me. And he, I do, you know how excited I would get? He'd come home with a trash bag full of shit. That wasn't mine that I got to go through. And what I didn't take my nephew got, you know what I mean? And it's like, but it wasn't brand new and you could tell that. And it's like, you feel inadequate or, or I'm not fucking good enough. And to me, like that kind of statement of like, that's just such a thing of like reminding myself, like I don't have to be that poor embarrassed kid anymore. You know? And it's like, I didn't get all this to be like, Hey, let me prove that I didn't. It's like, I got this because like, I, I fucking finally deserve to have something like this because I didn't let that thought of, I don't deserve it. Cause I'm this
1: poor embarrassed kid. Uh, define me. Right. You know? Absolutely. And that's, I'm in the same boat, man. I take pride in in where I live more than anything because I always hated where I lived. It was fucking embarrassing, you know? And I didn't, I tried my ass off to not have friends come over and to not, you know, to always go to their house and things like that. And, but yeah. Although the barbecues did sound fun. (laughs) Oh, those are a fucking. You got to read
0: the book if you want to hear about the barbecues. Um, and then I think the biggest thing other than, you know, I, dude, all of these things to me, uh, were huge, but I was desperate for someone I respected to tell me I was good enough.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a big one. And that's where the military really like came in for me. And, and I was, as I was going through Ranger selection to get hurt because I would have done anything that that Ranger cadre told me to anything. Like, my, my ankle was fucked when I fell, and he said, get up. I got up, and it, when I stepped on it, the, it was uncontrollable pain, the most probably some of the most severe pain I've ever felt taking that step, and I was making weird grunting noises as I'm stepping on it. And he said, shut up, and I shut the fuck up. Every ounce of pain, I didn't give a fuck. He told me to do it, I'm doing it. And then I got, like, damn near to the front of the pack, Because he said, go, you know, and it's like, I will do anything you tell me to. I just want to prove to you that, you know, I could be with you and that, you know, you guys would welcome me into your circle of people that I respect. Um, So getting hurt, that fucking broke me because I missed that chance, you know. And as you know, in the military there, which going back to what you said about not feeling like you did enough, I think that's no matter what. Because trust me, I feel inadequate that I never tried Delta selection or that I didn't do five deployments. But um, so missing that opportunity to have a ranger tell me that I was good enough that fucking crushed me. And as you know, in the military, there's, that's what I'm saying is that there's not a, you can't just be like, that's all right. Tomorrow I'm going to go to another selection. It's not fucking easy getting the paperwork together, getting people to say yes, getting your command to approve it. Like, these opportunities are farther and fewer between than people think. You know, it was another, shit, year and a half or a year before I'd even get a, a chance to try and come back to another selection. But I, I needed that desperately.
0: Yeah, I, and I think, you know, I mean, it, dude, it started from <clears throat> growing up wanting the older kids to – uh Make me feel like I was good enough to hang out. Like fuck, I get to hang out with them. You know, like always seeking that approval. <clears throat> and I remember, I remember in boot camp. And you know, another thing that you touch on on there about is like you know becoming the leader of the platoon and stuff like that. And where, you know, I remember when they picked me as platoon leader in boot camp, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude. You know, it's like I, I that means you recognized how hard I'm working and what I'm doing that I can lead this platoon, and you know, sure as shit, I fucked that up because a kid said something to me and I fucking, I grabbed him by the neck in the fucking bathroom and poured my canteen over his head and bashed him with it once or twice and this motherfucker runs down to formation and he's like, drill Sergeant Harry, Vickievich just punched me in the bathroom. I'm like, this motherfucker, you know? (laughs) And he's like, you know, fucking Vickievich fall in and called out my next friend to be the platoon leader and I remember being like, like such, like I let them down, you know, like God damn it, they had so much faith in me. But I think another point that you make, too, is where this, I don't have to be the leader of the platoon and be the best and out push up everyone and be the best shot and everything. I need to be a team member to let them know that I'm the, uh, what did you call it, like the um, the uh, fucking, uh, like the vessel to keep this ship going you know like I, i'm a conduit i think is what you said of like keeping everyone on the same page it's yeah. not that i'm better than you and then which is like what you experienced with your team sergeant when you were in that situation where it's like this dude's making fucking bad decisions right now and that's out of like whether it's pride ego or i gotta be the best or whatever it is you're not thinking on a team level. And if there's one thing the military taught me, it's that it's not fucking me. Like, you're as strong as your weakest link. So you better get back there and help that motherfucker pick up that log and goddamn carry it with him because I don't give a shit that you got here in three minutes. If it's taking him fucking eight, it's taking you eight. Yeah. You know? And I remember when we did our FTX and we were coming back and we're, we had fuck, dude, five miles left, maybe. And my foot is fucking killing me. And, they got the deuce of the half behind us. They got the one drill sergeant that's running around going, come on, Joe, get on the fucking deuce and half. You can get in there, grab a sandwich, get some water, fucking sit it out. You're good, you know? And you're like, fuck, man, you know? And you're like, I can't do that. Like, dude, I just endured fucking 16 weeks of this shit. Like, I remember kids that fucking quit week 15, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck is you doing? Like, you just did all that for nothing? And I remember marching, and they made me carry the 240 Bravo out and back. And I'm like, you know, that was my part I'm like, fuck, dude, this thing's so heavy right now. And I remember just thinking, like, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. The bottom of my feet are gone. Like, they're blistered off. I don't think I can do this. And my drill sergeant's is next to me, and he's like, you know, just... Let's go, Vic. Keep fucking pumping. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Like we're almost there. You got this, you know. And he talked to me like in a human level, yeah. not like being fucking crazy, yelling in my face, like like soft, so that no one else heard. And he's like. Fucking, let's go, dude. You're almost there. And when we got to the top of the fucking hill and we finally get there and they tell you to fall out and it took me probably an hour to get back to the fucking barracks down that hill because my feet hurt so bad. And thank God the next day is the warrior breakfast and you get to wear your fucking sneakers. But dude, when I tell you, I couldn't even walk or take a step and the whole bottoms of my feet were gone. But like, I fucking did it, you know, because I always had that thing too. Like, dude, I used to have nightmares that I went home and, was, and everyone's like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Why am I here? Like, I thought I'm <laughs> supposed to. I didn't finish boot camp. Why the fuck did I come home? Oh, my God. And it was such this fear inside yeah. of me that I'm not going to be able to finish this. And I'm going to have to go home with my tail between my legs and be like, I couldn't do it. And and I was every day, wake up and be like, that, fuck that, dude. Thank God that was a dream.
1: No way am I going to let that happen. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I had a moment kind of like when when I spray my ankle in the rasp thing. Uh, i'll never forget the car when the people quit they get to jump in the back of the truck and i'm i had blood going down my knees and blood was coming down my elbows because we we're in pts and you know from the fucking asphalt and i was bleeding like so, yeah. crazy and i'm limping in the truck with the guys that quit uh pulls up pulls up slow and they're all looking at everybody they're looking at everybody and i look over at them and they look at me and they they just start they look down and as soon as they looked at me covered in blood, still fucking, not covered in blood, but blood coming from my knees. And they want to jump off and go, I don't yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, another never chance, mind. Give me <laughs> another chance. They looked at me pushing and they, 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 their eyes went down. And you know what? Maybe those guys went on to do great things and it just wasn't their time at that point. But that moment empowered me, right? Because I'm like, I don't know what I'm about. I don't know what I have to give or how good I am. But that look that they just gave me, that they couldn't even look me in the fucking eye because they're sitting in the back of that stupid fucking truck. And they're and they're one hundred percent. damn deuce and a half <laughs> gets them every time. And that they're, they're they're fine, like they have no injuries, and they're still sitting in the back of that truck. That made me feel good, you know. And, and in when you go into SF, we call it, you know, you probably do it in infantry too, but you you steal people's souls, you know. And that's it's a important thing to not like pride yourself on being better than people, but you also need to understand that when somebody else gives up. You just prove that you're, you, you've, you're willing to go harder than that person. And then they do it again, and it's two people, and it's five people. It's the same thing with anything in life, man. It's like the, everyone has an idea. Every, every person on this fucking planet has had a good idea, right? But how many people have fucking stepped up to the plate and tried it? And you get to pass them as you try your ideas and you fail, and then you try again and then you fail again and then you succeed. And meanwhile, you look back and you've just left all these like fucking hundreds of thousands of people that have all had an idea that never took a single fucking step towards making that idea reality. You know, so stealing souls is it's motivating because I mean, at the end of the day, we need to know what we're about and what we bring to the table. Otherwise, we'll just count ourselves out because we have no self-value.
0: I think it's this double-edged sword too for me of like fear drove me so much with like, dude, I remember being in reception and then the drill sergeants come to take you down range and then it's like it's cool. And then when you get there and you're outside the barracks and these motherfuckers with the bags over the head and screaming and it's like, what the fuck? We were just eating cake in reception, getting our heads shaved, picking out boots and shit. And this dude's a fucking huge black dude screaming right now. Like, hold on. I say that one more time where the fuck am i supposed i'm so confused (laughs) right now dude like and it's just fucking chaotic and to get used to that is fucking not normal you know so it's like man i remember they come in three in the morning fucking banging the some the kid in the first bunk poor bastard every time come in and rack his fucking rack (laughs) and flip the lights on you jump up there's boners everywhere and you don't know what the fuck's (laughs)
1: going on you're like dude it's so bananas you know and um yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that one when you first get off the bus and there you have all your bags in there. Get in the fucking pit. No one knows what the pit is and they're going this way and that oh, way. Man. And you don't know who to follow and every ounce of like like being a normal fucking civilian <laughs> is like God. follow the crowd, you know? And the fucking crowd is going every different direction. It's just like this is fucking crazy. And I'm like I all I want to do is what that Big scary motherfucker wants me to do And I have no idea what that is And it's just pissing him off more
0: But I think like what I was saying So the fear thing is like So fear like how I kept having that dream Of like you know I'm not Fuck I didn't commit boot camp Oh my god how am I going to explain this That fear of like kept motivating me to do it And then I think I also had that fear of like I don't know if I'm good enough Or if I have it to be a ranger To do special forces And it's like this fear that drove me to want to do it, but this fear that also kept me back from, and I think that's one of the things today where I've learned about having healthy fear, right? Where I'm afraid to fucking, I was afraid to do a podcast. I'm afraid to do a play. I was afraid to start a clothing line. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to get engaged, all this stuff. But I think that's all healthy fear. And I kind of use that to see like, well, let me do it, you know? um you know i just did like uh, I'm, I'm following the hard to kill fitness training thing right now and i did a little bit of it with matt yesterday and you know never mind uh, granted i ran a mile for the first time the other day and i wanted to fucking die uh, running gives me so much all i think about is boot camp and how much i fucking hated running and doing the pt test oh my god i it's i hate running but i do it and Never mind all that. Never mind weight training. You know what's the crazy shit? Grip work and shit like that. Where you just like, just hang from the pull-up bar for one minute, dude. Twenty seconds in, and you're like, holy
1: shit, you know? And you got some fucking meat on you. I could, I could hang from. I could hang pretty decent. But dude, we
0: did a minute 45 and 30. And then when you're not doing that, you just alligator grip, like 30-pound dumbbells, and farm walk with them. Oh, that's So terrible. when you're going back and forth, and, uh, dude, that's the kind of shit where it's like, you know, you're trying to, in your mind, like, fucking push, push. But, like, your hands won't let yeah. you. And you pick them back up, and you're going, uh, you know? And it's like, those are the kind of things, though, that I, I like to do because it's that challenge of, like, fuck, I can't do this, but I'm going to. And then if you keep doing it over time, but those are those little things where you think, oh, I'm going to do chest today. I'm going to do back. I'm going to stretch my fucking legs. But it's like when you start doing these little things that you don't normally do and it's like, holy shit. And then to start, now I just like start challenging myself. Like, okay, can I do it for 30 seconds? All right, I did it for 30. Let me do it for 45. Can I do it for 45? Let me do it for a minute. All right, now can I do a minute twice in a row? You know what I mean? And I think that's like that military thing of like, uh, you know, now – instead of competing with you, instead of competing with a guy across the street or Matt or these guys that... You know, I, I, I aspire, they inspire me, but that's not who I have to compete with. All I have to do is compete with myself to just, like, literally, dude, all I do, I wake up every day and just go, like, I just need to be a little bit better of a version of myself today than I was yesterday. Absolutely. You know? And that's it. You know yep. what I'm saying? I don't got to fucking cure cancer. I don't got to be a special forces, fucking did it all with all the ribbons and shit. I just got to be a little bit better than I was yesterday.
1: Yep. You know? And and fear, that's a good point, because fear is, it's like, uh, it's the North Star for people that are trying to do better i mean you it's breaking out of your comfort zones because and you you learn that every time you find a little bit of fear that that's something that you have to do and it's like fuck because you know you don't want to you know but you also know that if you do it you know what it feels like on the other end and how rewarding it's going to be and how much benefit's going to come from it and then it's just like Every time something scares you, it's like fuck. Here we go again, because you know you're going down that path. There's no more. There's no more choice anymore. Like when Mike Glover asked me to do a seminar, he's like, "You're gonna do a book signing, um, or do you want to do a book signing and a seminar?" And I was like, "Well, I'm scared of the seminar, so that's what the fuck we got to do." Yeah, right. And it's like fuck, man. Like, it's not even. There's not even a question anymore. It's just what that's. Once you understand that the fear. Is the first phase of accomplishing a, a bigger task or moving your your talent up to the next level? Then that's the route you have to go. And you're only selling yourself short if you you don't fucking do it. Yeah, man. So if, if he would, have, like, what was my response want to be is like fucking sit there and sign books, you know, fucking yeah. easy over day. Over Zoom, let me sign them over Zoom. Yeah, I'll mail him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a fucking easy day, man. Uh, no shit. I was in the hotel last night practicing my fucking seminar because I'm scared. It's going to be my first to seminar. And I, I picture those guys staring at me looking like a fucking retard. And, and oh, sorry, you can't say retard. Yeah, careful. Okay, sorry. Dude, looking I. Looking like and, an idiot. You know,
0: but it's like my biggest uh, advice to all that shit is look like an idiot. You know, when you whenever like, you know, when, when my girl or any th- time someone like oh, I'm like, bro, just go from the heart when in doubt, go from the heart because I can have this whole scripted thing and sit here and be like, uh, today we have Sean Rogers. And, uh you know, so tell me a little bit about your time and the thing or it's like, hey, dude, it's fucking cool to have you on. And like, you know, I might swear a bunch, but like I'm just fucking trying to keep it real. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I've found that in more times than not. And it's like, you know, honesty is the best policy. It's shitty sometimes. When I had to tell my fiance that I cheated on her and did some shit like that, like, dude, I don't want to do that because I'm going to hurt you. But my lies are hurting you more than when I'm going to get honest with you. You know, and it's like honesty, it doesn't always feel comfortable, but honesty is the best best policy and just speaking from the heart so it's like you can have something scripted and dude nine times out of ten you'll end up putting that down and be like you know what here it is like this is this is i don't have to tell you a story because i lived it i know the fucking story i know all the all the bullet points because it's my story you know and uh if they look at you like you're an idiot fuck them because you know what how else i got into that thing was like you fucking do it then Let me see you do it dude let me see you do a play let me see you do a podcast, you know, and I don't talking maybe about you, a, Maybe you'll do it better, but
1: talking about a play makes my fucking palms sweat,
0: dude. It was one of the,
1: when you said that you were up on stage, like not remembering your line, it makes my fucking palms sweat. Like that's bro. And
0: this was like a two act thing. I'm talking, it was this much pages, right? Where like, there's no cut. You learn the fucking thing. And like, we drilled it, drilled it, rehearsed, rehearsed. And like, uh, and there's people in the stands and, I'll tell you what, like the you know the first show is like holy shit, and then a, like after that, like you just when's the next one? You know what I mean? And you're doing it, and people are laughing, and you know, and people are coming up after and being like, dude, that was so good, you did so good. And I had to play this like kind of dopey, didn't know what was going on, like ATF agent and a uh, Homeland Security or something. And um, it was cool because my initial thing was I wanted to play it me right and tough and like what you did what, and instead I had to be like what. What do you mean you did that? You know, like all dumb and shit. Yeah. And it's like, but it, it it was for me to be vulnerable and go into this role and just relax and do something different. It, dude, it was so outside my comfort zone and so much fear. But then after, like the what that uh, dude that play did so much for me in the way of auditioning and acting and all that stuff. And it, like, I'd recommend to anybody that wants to do acting 100% go do theater and do a play first. Because if you do that and get comfortable with that, I mean, you anything's, anything else after that to me was a fucking breeze, you know? And uh, yeah, dude, I had tons of fear. And, and you know what, the main thing was. What are my friends going to think back home? What happens when people find out that this fucking big tough convict guy is doing a fucking play? They're all going to laugh at me and call me a fag and all this other shit. And fuck, you know how many people did that? Zero. Everybody that I knew from back home was like, dude, that's so cool to see you doing something like that. I would have never thought in a million years. That's so cool. All my friends that came out to see it and supported me and shit like that's not things I ever thought was going to happen, man. You know, and, and that's the kind of things, those are the kind of things that are possible. Why the fuck not you? Yeah. Why not me? You know? Um. So yeah, dude. Um. Well, uh, so tell the people where uh, the name of the book, where they can get it and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's rising above. You can get it on Amazon um, and then check the website, Sean dot com, and uh, Instagram Anything. is at Sean Buck Rogers. Anything else? Twitter and that shit. Oh, dude, I don't, dude. I stay. I don't even office. get Twitter. I don't even know what it Seems is. Seems so fucking strange to me, but I see people use like they like post something on Twitter. I think because that's the one with the bird, and then like screenshot it. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and her they screenshot it, put her on Instagram. So I don't understand why. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't right, know. Right, right. I asked somebody. Somebody told me they're like, you should do um, what's that TikTok or something? Yeah. And I was like, well, what is it? And I told my wife, like, should I do TikTok? And she's like, you gotta stay up on what's. Cool. And Dude, then my, my chick
0: is a TikTok fucking legend. And it's like, you know, but she's up to date. I did one for deviant gentlemen in the beginning, but like, I just didn't keep up with it. So that's she,
1: the thing. so that's what she told me. She's like, you have to keep up on the thing and then and the trend and then yeah. do the trend. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to do that. I'm not yeah. keeping up. Like I've already, I'm overwhelmed with Instagram and YouTube. I love my YouTube. Like that is my home. I love it because it's really fun. And it's like a way for me to express myself and the people on there are really cool. But when it comes to Instagram, it's, I use that is like, you want to build it up. Right. So that way, when you communicate with people, they um, actually talk to you. Right. Right. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's tough because it's a fucking chore. And right. I feel like I have to maintain it. And I'm like, you're not even fucking paying me. Right. right. Like, why am I working so hard to maintain this? It's really just to reach a number, which I think, I think I've already reached. I'm fine with where it's at. Yeah. Just so when I communicate with somebody or they want to reach out to me, it's like they'll give me the time of day, you know? Because yeah. when I only had, uh, you know, 500 subscribers, people weren't fucking write me back, yeah. you know? And uh, so- I know, dude. I still have trouble with that now, you know? And it's like
0: um, there's sometimes where I got to be like, Tommy, can you send this dude a message? Because I know they'll answer you, you know what I mean? And I still take that personal. Like I've reached out to people before and like, never heard back from him, I'm like, well, fuck off then. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, because I don't know, I'm a believer of like the, I've done podcasts where people reach out to me and don't have shit for a following. But they're like, dude, we'd love, we'd love to have you on. And it's like, once I see what it's about, dependent or whatever, like, of course, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm totally down to do that because I'm not fucking better than,
1: you know? Right.
0: And I get where some of these, you know, people are and they have their own shit going on. But
1: well, um, I, so, social media is a fucking strange yeah. bird for sure. You know what I mean? Well, and I get the, I get so many messages from guys from the YouTube, you know, for tips for SFAS and stuff like that, that like, I won't see them for like a week, but for them it's fine. Right. Cause I, as long as I get the question answered, if it takes a week, it takes a week, but it still answers a the question They're not fucking shipping out anytime soon. Right. A lot of these guys are future hopefuls, but sometimes a podcast request will get in there and I don't see it for a week. So then they think I'm blowing them off and then I'll see be like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'll jump on the podcast with you, right. you know, but it's just so much to fucking maintain. Anymore, I'm not doing it anymore. It is. It I'm is. not doing it anymore. TikTok, nope. None of that. Twitter, <laughs> nope. I'm not doing it. Until the day then I can have a fucking person designated to all of it. Right. That's my goal. Yeah, dude, tell me about it. Is a person designated to all of it, and they they take care of everything. I'm doing mine, Deviant Gentleman, Boston and the Brit, and then
0: Boston and the Brit Tea Company. So four fucking Instagrams right now, and I'm just like...
1: I need a marketing human being for this, you know? And you know who the, did it the best? Fucking Jocko. Guess what? His, his, every morning, he takes a picture of his watch and the fucking time on his watch. That's his content. And it's great. And it's the reason he's doing it because he wakes up at fucking three in the morning every morning to go get after it. But the point is, like, you don't have to develop any content. It's fucking genius. Yeah. It was a genius move. Every morning he goes, boop, content created. Thousands and thousands of likes. Everyone's happy because they know Jocko's up at fucking butt crack of dawn. And you haven't had to put any effort into that. It was the smartest thing I've ever heard. I'm going
0: to do my fucking toenail so you can monitor the growth
1: throughout the month.
0: Boom! Boom! Every I just morning, fucking cornered that market. Don't fucking take it, dude. <laughs> um, all right, man. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate you taking time to come down here, and uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck and everything. I'm, I've, I'm fairly certain that we'll keep in touch throughout the, throughout the rest of this journey. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can find us at uh, deviantgentleman.com for all merch and shit. We're on Facebook and Instagram, at deviantgentleman. My personal Instagram is Shane.vitco. Tommy's is at Tommy Vexed. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I know it's been a while. Glad to be back, and we'll see you soon.